0: Yeah, I'm saved. And and we think things like that, but friends, we don't just stumble upon salvation. And it's not something that we just get um, grandfathered into because we've come to the church for a certain amount of time. Salvation comes when we place our recognition in Jesus Christ as Lord, and the only means by which we can be saved. And we place our trust in Him, and then we confess with our mouth, "I make You Lord." I repent of my sins. I give you my past, but, but not just my past. I give you my future. And that's what it means to me for you to be Lord. Uh, those of you that have trusted in the Lord, this might be something similar that you've... If you've never prayed a prayer like this, like read it, read this, but pray this in your heart. Yes. I accept your death as a plea because of your great love, not based on... By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me to live for you, with you in control. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen. You guys, it's not a, it's not the repeating of a prayer that makes us saved, but it's a it's a combination of of faith and belief, and then the intentional act of grabbing hold of truth and saying, Lord, I, I trust you. I, I give my life to you. If You've never done that today. I I hope that you did that as we were reading that. And I I want you guys to know that that if you prayed that prayer just with the sincerity of your heart and belief, then you are saved. And here's the awesome thing. We've been given a promise by Jesus that he'll never leave us, never forsake us, that the Holy Spirit has been sent to walk with us as we walk out our faith, never alone and growing in him. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, let's move on to the next obvious one. Have you rejected or ignored the help of the helper? Have you rejected or ignored the help of the helper? There's there's lots of areas I'm ignorant in. They're just areas I don't know the answer to that I'm not educated in or knowledgeable in. Um, there just are. I think later, later on today, Rick and I are going to get under the hood of my car, and he will see how ignorant I am of things regarding muscle cars. But that, that ignorance can, it can be a temporary state. I, I can grow in knowledge. I can grow in experience. I can grow, and then I'm no longer ignorant. And so I say this when it comes to things of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're just ignorant, and and sometimes bad teaching, it doesn't come from a bad place. It just comes from a place of ignorance. It doesn't come from a bad heart. It doesn't come from a bad pastor, um, but that doesn't mean it's not bad teaching knowing that there is varied backgrounds of denominations and faith and religions in this place. I know that, that our upbringing is just all over the place when it comes to what we were taught. And here's the thing that, that experience has shown is that most people tend to shy away from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has been presented to us as an it and not a person. Holy Spirit has been presented as someone really weird and we just stay away from it. In fact, there are preachers that have said, oh yeah, we don't really teach about the Holy Spirit here, which is you guys, the Holy Spirit's wonderful. You look throughout the book of John, John 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus raves about the Holy Spirit and says, I'm going to Ask my Father, and he's going to send a helper. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. In fact, Jesus refers to him as a helper like me. He's the comforter. He teaches. He reminds us of the acts and words of Jesus. He convicts us of sin so that we can repent and move away from sin. And he's much more than that. But some people have knowingly, unknowingly, innocently rejected the Holy Spirit without realizing that silencing Him is silencing God. Silencing the Holy Spirit is silencing God. We don't, we don't get to say, I'm good with two out of three. Man, that's a good percentage. I'd be a Hall of Fame hitter if I could hit two out of three pitches thrown my way. Hall of Fame basketball player if I could hit two out of three shots that I take. It's, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we embrace them all. So you guys, whether it was false teaching or pride or fear or something else, um, if, if, if we have shut down the Holy Spirit, then there needs to be a form of repentance. Repent comes from the Greek word metanoia. Meta meaning change. Noia meaning mind. And it's to change your mind. That's what repentance is, to change your mind. Now here's the thing. If we change our minds and agree with God, hear me, if we change our minds and agree with what God says and with what God thinks, then he changes our hearts. You don't, you don't go around changing your heart. I don't change my heart. That's not within me. David pleaded to the Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me because he knew he couldn't change his own heart. But he said, I can change my mind and I can repent. And then I can call upon the Lord and say, Lord, you change my heart. So let's take a look at that. John uh, 14, we're going to be in John quite a bit. Um, John is awesome, especially when talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see here that the Holy Spirit helps lovers and followers of Christ. So John 14, 15 uh, through 17. And then I'm going to read 21 and then 26. This is Jesus talking. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Jesus was the first helper and now he is referring to he's setting the stage for the Holy Spirit calling him another helper the second helper a helper like me and part of the reason that the Holy Spirit was sent to us is just clearly laid out there in scripture but we just we often miss it and it's this to help us keep the commands of Jesus I want to read that again if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is saying, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, but I'm not just asking you to be this, this Superman with a red S on your chest and a cape. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to empower you to keep my commandments. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to change your heart to a place of love where that keeping my commandments becomes a state of affection, not a place of obligation. Does that make sense? We look at that and all we hear is the command part of it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments he's like, yeah, and, and, there's a really big and there, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. He's setting the stage for I'm going away, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not leaving you empty. How amazing is that? The Holy Spirit was sent to help us walk In obedience to the commands of the Lord. Why is that important? Just for the sake of obedience? I mean, why is it important that we keep the commands of Jesus? Because God is good. And maybe that goes back to our church experience. Maybe we don't realize God is good, but He is. Because God is good. And He has good intentions for you, and He has good thoughts for you. He has good plans for you. And his commandments set us on that place of walking in blessing and strength and joy and peace. Good Lord, I can't tell you how many times throughout the week I, my prayers are simple. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, Jesus, I need peace now. Holy Spirit, bring me peace. I need peace. Father, still my soul, settle my heart. And he does. And God does this through the person of the Holy Spirit who is here to guide us, to help us, to strengthen us. So if we have knowingly or unknowingly kept the Holy Spirit at arm's length, it's as simple as this. Holy Spirit, I, I changed my mind. Show me just, show me how awesome you are. Show me, show me all the ways that Jesus raved about you as I read about him. Would you just cause those words to just have new meaning to me? We should be raving about the Holy Spirit also. He's amazing. Not it's amazing, not it's amazing. He's amazing. The Father's a person. The Son is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he is incredible. Because uh at the preschool, uh I it's it's a joy being here. Uh, At the preschool and and hearing Kara and the other teachers lead and lead our children And one of the things that every time I hear it, it's remarkable You know, Kara will lead the kids in prayers and she'll say Holy Spirit And the kids go Holy Spirit (laughs) And she goes come on in And you know what they say Stay with me folks. I mean, yeah, it's you know Oh goodness. Quit thinking about pie my fault, Mitch and pie, Holy Spirit, come on in that that should be our heart, Holy Spirit, come on in cause i'm in need of help today, whether I know it or not, Holy Spirit, come on in cause i 'm in need of comfort today, whether I know it or not verse twenty one whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So again, guys, this is about love and affection. This is not about obligation and religion. Are we catching this? Verse 26. Actually, let me back up here. How many elements does Jesus mention here and in who loves him? Two, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. I... I I'm not a huge, I don't like to debate. I mean, sometimes I like to argue. I definitely like to win. But I don't always like to debate. But someone tries to debate me. They're like, nowhere in the Bible does, does it, does, are we commanded to read the Bible. I'm like, yeah, it didn't exist, clown. It didn't exist at the time. But we see this. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. And I'm letting you know, if you've got a Bible, you have his commandments. The Holy Spirit was given to us to help us with both of those things. Understanding God's commandments in the Word of God and keeping God's commandments as we grow in a loving relationship with Him. Are you guys with me? Are we together on this? It's about relationship, not religion. Now will go to verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. That's amazing. So that's, that's the Holy Spirit's role in the believer. But let me talk for a second about the Holy Spirit's role in the unbeliever. The Holy Spirit has an amazing role in the unbeliever. Did you guys know that? We see it in Scripture. Uh, John 16, 8 and 9 says this. And when he comes, once again, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. One of the, the responsibilities and the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in the life of the unbeliever is to convict us of sin. You guys, that's not religion. That's grace. That's grace. Hey, 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 hey. Jenny, that, that, that'll lead to pain. That'll lead, that'll lead to death. Don't do that. Don't do that. he has got something so much better. You've got to trust me. That's going to cause you pain and I'm trying to, to make sure you have life. That's the rule of the Holy Spirit. He's, God has made a way for something better and you're just not doing it. God has paved the path for something better and great. You're just not doing it. So He convicts us of sin. Convicting of sin is different than feeling bad about sin. We should feel bad about sin. If you don't feel bad about sin, you're a psychopath. Right? You're a sociopath. If you don't feel bad about doing sin, that's a different sermon. I don't want to get sidetracked. That's a different message. The Holy Spirit is... So, so we feel bad. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. But to to convict us of sin it carries with it an air of hope because anything that's spoken by our God, we can take to the bank that there is life in it. 1 Timothy 2.4 says this, uh, God who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's constant desire is that people who haven't yet believed in Him would place their faith in Him so that... They can be in relationship. And the Holy Spirit draws the unbeliever to the Father. That's, that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit to the unbeliever. He draws us to the Father so that we might trust and give our life in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's role in the unbeliever is twofold: to make unbelievers aware that their sin separates them from God, and two, to draw them by God's redemptive love, as expressed on the cross. See, guys, my whole life, and this is this might be a little, it's a warning. It's not a spoiler warning. It's like a hurt feelings warning. Okay, hurt feelings warning, offense warning. My whole life I've heard people say, uh, well, I don't believe in God because He doesn't answer my prayers. Fair, fair enough. But you've got it backwards. That, that, that's a reversed mindset. We trust in God first. And then something, a mystery of God. Something happens within us when we go from creation, from created thing, He's our creator. We were created by him. When we go from creation to child, when we trust in Jesus, and we go from creation to child, something happens within us where that now we have the ability to clearly hear our daddy's voice. And then as we mature, we, we identify it, and as we block out the other sounds, we're like, that's not daddy's voice. Think about our children. That's not mommy's voice. That's not daddy's voice. They know our voice. That's not papa's voice. That's not... They know our voice. And we know their voice in a crowd. Our children could cry out and, you know, mommy, papa. And we know that is my boy. That is my girl calling my name. With clarity. And it's just amazing. We trust in God first, and then our hearts are open to clearly hear from Him. We trust in God, we become His child, and as a child of God, our prayers are answered and heard. So why is there silence when some people are praying? Proverbs 15:29 says this: "The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayers of the righteous. John 16:23 says, "In that day, this is Jesus talking. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give to you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give to you." So, is throwing around the name of Jesus kind of like um, like knowing the passcode? Is it like knowing the magic words to get the genie out of the bottle? Abracadabra! What does that mean? Whatever you ask in my name. When Jesus says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, Jesus is saying this, my Father will hear your prayers and answer your prayers because of your relationship with me. You guys, what's the only way we have access to the Father? The only way we have access to the Father? Jesus. The completed work of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we have access to the Father. On the day that Jesus was crucified and he drew his last breath, declared it is finished, it says in the temple, that the the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. It was torn. In the temple, signifying That that the veil was torn down. That we no longer have to have a priest go before us to get into the presence of God, but we have access to the Father through Jesus. That's what it means. So when I pray, if I mean, if I if I let's say there's like a let me me, this seems like a fair analogy. There's a restaurant opening and I want to go, but I didn't get an invite. And I'm like, I bet you if I throw around the name of John Elway, or Harrison Ford, or Taylor Swift, if I just throw around the right name, I got to read the room. But if I if I declare the right name, I can get in to this restaurant opening and get my grub on. So now you can eat barbecue place, by the way. It's delicious. Hush puppies, I hear they're incredible. It's expanding in my mind as I'm thinking about it. So I go I go there and I go to the bouncer and I'm like, hey. In the name of Taylor Swift, let me in. Or maybe more realistically, hey, I, I'm, friends, I'm friends with uh, Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford's, you know, one of the investors into this, you know, let me in. What happens if they go, hey, sit tight one second, let me grab Harrison. Uh, Mr. Ford? Harrison shows up and Han Solo's like beating me down. I don't know you, what are you doing throwing around my name? That was a pretty decent Harrison Ford impersonation, by the way, John. So I, I know I'm going to great lengths to make a, a point here, but the same is true when we're throwing around the name of Jesus and we don't have a relationship with him. The Father says, you have access to me because of my son, because of his faithfulness and his obedience. Friends, it's about relationship. And what I'm trying to make clear today is it's, um, it's about relationship with the Holy Spirit as well. What good is a helper if we don't ask for help? What good is a helper if we don't allow him to help? Access to the Father was secured through his son Jesus, and our relationship with Jesus is what gives us access to the Father today. So I touched on a point And I feel like I've got to make it So does God not hear And does God not answer The prayers Of the unbeliever There's there's well over a dozen scriptures That say things like James 4.3 says You ask and do not receive Because you ask wrongly To spend it on your passions Or Psalm 66.18 that says If I had cherished sin or iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I'll tell you the prayers that without a doubt, the prayers of the unbeliever that God hears is the prayers of repentance. Because that's what he is most concerned with. Not to sound obtuse, but whatever it is that the unbeliever is asking God for a new job, healing from a sickness whatever it is it pales into comparison to that person's need for salvation and forgiveness and grace and so that is what god is most concerned with now here's a here's a an uncomfortable truth god will allow pain to bring us to him he'll allow us to walk through difficult things so that we go lord i have nowhere else to go What am I going to do? Lord, save me. The Holy Spirit is working on the heart of the unbeliever so that they would be drawn, they'd be convicted of their sins and drawn to the Father. And the the cry of the unbeliever for forgiveness and salvation is heard every time, is responded to every time, is answered every time with grace and power. You might not be comfortable with what I've just said over the last couple couple of minutes, and I might not be entirely comfortable with it either. But you know what? This is not opinion that I'm declaring here. This is what the Word of God tells us. Romans eight fourteen through 17 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God so, again, th- this message, like probably most messages I bring, this is about opening up dialogue with the Lord. If you don't know him and you've never trusted your life in him, that's a conversation he's just dying to have with you. If, if we've kept the Holy Spirit at arm's length because we just didn't know and we didn't want something weird, we didn't want... We didn't want any of the weird gifts. If you got the good gifts, we good, but we don't want any of the weird gifts, which people do sometimes because we don't know. Then just say, Holy Spirit, I changed my mind and I repent of how I thought about you. And I'm told in Scripture that, that our Heavenly Father gives good gifts to those who ask. And then He mentioned that He gives you, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask. Open up dialogue with the Lord. And if repentance is needed, repentance is glorious. What a gift that we get to change our mind so he can change our heart. That's amazing. What a gift. What's the name of this series? What are we talking about? Hearing from God. So we're trying to remove the obstacles now. Okay? We're trying to move stuff out of the way so that we can make this path clear. Some of the things are bigger. Some of the things we might need a couple people to lift out of the way. Some it's just a matter of sweeping but but the Lord is trying to prepare a path for us so that we can clearly hear from Him, which we all desire to do. Amen? So each week there's going to be these type of things that He's asking us to do. And maybe it's a first question to go, Father, have I discriminated against the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, have I discriminated against You? Have I not fully embraced you and that's a fantastic conversation that god will not get offended about the holy spirit will not get offended about uh, lord i just thank you for your words lord we thank you for your life lord we thank you for your relentless pursuit of us holy spirit I, I, we're so thankful that you were given to guide and strengthen and teach and remind To be with us as an amazing friend, as an amazing helper, and we need it. I need it. Friends, let's just keep dialogue open with the Lord today, tomorrow, throughout this week. I thank you, Lord Jesus' name. There's pie. Let's go get pie. There's Hawk and Deb. Let's go love on Hawk and Deb. And I'm going to leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day, friends. Hawk and Deb, we love you. Church, let's show that love.